The thoughts and opinions of Bob and Kevin of the Bob and Kevin show are exclusively the thoughts of Bob and Kevin and not the thoughts of their employers. Past, present, and probably not future. Have you ever bought clothes from one of those? We'll pick your clothes for it for you, like your outfit, and they just send it to you. Like a trunk club type thing. Maybe. I think they have different names, is. but there's dude versions and there's not dude versions. I haven't really brought myself to one of. I mean, they they look like they're cool hip clothes, but I'm kind of like your typical tech person where you kind of like get into this. I like wearing X Y Z. I like, and I wear a variation of that every day. What about you? Yeah, uh, I don't really have a lot of strict wardrobe requirements for my day to day gig, and I have contemplated those. But so here's a couple of things that I'm really really bad at. And you can back me up on this because of yesterday's conversation. Um, I don't do mail very well. So I think one of the requirements is, is that they send you a bunch of stuff and you pick what you want and then you send the rest back. It's the sending back. It's probably hard, right? Yep. I would fail on that. So that means that I would have a bunch of clothes that I don't really need or probably even want that I would have to then pay for. So maybe it's like... It- Maybe that's the thing. Let's make it easy to acquire, hard to send back, and then we market it as all you got to do is send it back if you don't like it. I think that's one of those as old as time type deals where Columbia you know, House CDs, yeah, exactly. <laughs> BMG Records, <laughs> thirty six CDs for a penny. Except for if you don't send back the other five, then they're thirty five dollars a piece. Yeah, that's true. That's been around for a while. I don't know. It's also like a subscription model, right? You got to like stop it somehow and whatnot and i i kind of i'm kind of hacking life because i find the brands i like the cuts that i like and then i go on ebay and buy them used i'm that guy Ooh, that's brilliant yeah i think you and i've talked about that before also that's a lot of work for me um i don't i just don't like clothes i don't (laughs) (laughs) what are you trying to say bob (laughs) i just hassles i mean if i could wear like i get like the Zuckerberg thing or the tech mogul thing, you know, that always where he has, you know, what, 50, 60 blue hoodies or whatever the right. case may be. I get that because you don't need to waste that energy thinking about, oh, gee, what am I going to wear today? Yeah. In a invalid comparison, I'm just like that. Not <laughs> and in no other way am I like a tech mogul. But yeah, I just, hey, I'm going to wear jeans. I almost always wear three quarter length or long sleeve shirts that I then roll to about three quarter lengths. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I don't want to think. I just want to be like, okay, task done. It's like, it's like getting Jira tickets done or something. Okay, brush teeth, slide right. Uh, shower, slide right. <laughs> Underwear, slide right. Ooh, you know, and then I get all my tasks done. Now, full disclosure, though, I do have underwear as a service. What? Uh, Explain. A not sponsor of the show, but a sponsor of many podcasts, meundies.com. Uh, it's a subscription underwear service. Okay. And you have the ability to, you specify your size when you sign up and you specify your spontaneity level, I guess, because they have plain solid colors. This is podcast gold, by the way. This is podcast gold. (laughs) So they have, um, they have colors like simple, solid colors, or you can go a little bolder and it's patterns and you can either pick your pattern or you can let the me undies random panty of the month if you will so if, if you hit <laughs> um it's like google um i'm feeling lucky if you hit the i'm feeling lucky button on the underwear website are you gonna get a 
banana hammock accidentally show up in the mail? Well, no, you pick the cut. So okay. like I'm a standard boxer brief kind of guy, but they have, you know, longer briefs or longer boxers, more traditional boxers, or they have traditional briefs um, from a cut standpoint. Wow. So I get the same cut every month, but I let them pick the pattern for me and they're just, they're fun. So you get a new pair each month, just one, right? Yes. How do you sunset the old ones? How do you decide it's time to get the old one out of rotation? That is a very interesting question. I have no idea how we got on underwear. Oh, it was your fault. <laughs> yes. Um, so there's some patterns that I really like that I will hang on to. I mean, we're, I'm, a, I'm a typical male here, so I probably hang on to them longer than need be. But since a new pair is coming every month, I, I'm less emotionally attached to a pattern. But um, yeah, they, once you wow. build up a an arsenal, a, a backlog, if you will, of underwear, you feel a little bit better about letting some go, I think. Kind of like um, oh, Dollar Shave Club. You'll end up with like way too many razors because you're supposed to get rid of you know one every week you're supposed to, and then you suddenly you're like, oh, well, I grew a beard and I don't really use it as much. And then you have the surplus of these things. So I never considered a surplus of underwear where we have like neglected pairs of underwear just hanging out. Be like, hey, wear me, wear me. Yeah. No, I, I, I try to spread the love. You know, I, I don't leave any pairs neglected. Pair <laughs> yeah. neglected. Pairs. pairs? pairs? Nah, I, I think know. that, damn it. So Neil deGrasse Tyson schooled me on what's called, I think, a, something, a double plural or something like that. So you, most people think of fish and deer as being, that could be singular or Wait, plural. wait, fish and what? Deer. Oh, I thought you said deers. I will say deers. So the, <laughs> the, the double plural or whatever it's called is when you have group A of one species of deer and another group of species of deer. But to refer to the group of deers, you can actually call it deers. Is that one that works both ways? Because I think a lot of people don't pluralize deer. Like moose. There's not... Well, if you had... Do two different species of moose, and you wanted to refer to the collective group of both species of of moose, you would say mooses. But if there were two moose in the field, you wouldn't say mooses. You would say moose. Oh, Same shit. with fishes, because you could say fishes in the sea, which means all different types of the fish. Oh, I have heard a phrase that mentions fishes in the seas. So I, I learned that only recently at 41 years old. So I was today's days old, so <laughs> which is a little bit older than 41. <laughs> So we didn't really come here today to talk about uh, underwear, online shopping services or underwear. Uh, today's unofficial sponsor of the show is uh, Wana Sour Gummies, We're the exotic yuzu flavor. That is a cannabis edible product, which has a two to one CBD to THC ratio. And uh, your hosts are experiencing these as we record today. So... You are listening to The Bob and Kevin Show with Bob Beatty Bar and Kevin Gisheski. Each week we cover relevant tech and social issues related to technology. Our website is bobandkevin.show. And our episodes can be found virtually on any podcast network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Bob and Kevin Show. Today, we are talking about cannabis tech, also known as weed tech or the tech, the of, tech weed. of weed is what I've been referring to it yep. as. So um, 
uh, I don't, well, we're probably blowing the open here. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. So I think we're already. Yep. I'll drop that it. in. So maybe we don't need the, what are we talking about today? Yada, yada, so, yada. So I want to start with some quiz and some facts. Damn it. So, he felt unprepared as of yesterday, and yes. then he took the day off today, yes. and so he's super prepared, and I am not. And this is episode number two, where we're actually co-located from the great state of Colorado, Boulder, to be specific. Which is another reason why we're able to do this under the influence of cannabis, because cannabis is legal in the great state of Colorado. So, Bob, how many states in the United States is it fully legal for recreational cannabis? I believe the count is up to 23 Fully legal. Fully, oh, fully for recreational? Yes. 13. And if you had maybe five more guesses. <laughs> <laughs> Eight? Am I, am I, am I supposed right, to be going right. down or I'll, up? I'll, I have I'll, no I'll idea. I'll throw you a line here. It's 10 plus Washington, D.C. So um, do you want to take a really, guess? Really, it's only 10? I thought take, it was more than that. Do you want to take a guess at naming them, or should I just name them? Well, I think we've got Colorado, California, Washington State, uh, we have Michigan. We have Wisconsin. No, Wisconsin is not. All right, so I've got four right now. Um, Vermont. <sighs> DC, you gave me that one. Yep. So you got five more states. Oh, phooey. Maine, Massachusetts, Oregon, Alaska. And I don't think you mentioned Colorado, did you? I did. That okay. was the first one. And just yeah. to go through the whole list. Oh, got- Alaska's legal too, though? Yeah, because nice. I've seen a lot of episodes of Alaska State Troopers where, you know, they bust people for marijuana. It must be old episodes. So that must be a, a recent thing. I think Michigan's one of the more recent states that just went fully legal. Now, let's go on the opposite end of the spectrum. Where do you not want to have cannabis with you in the United States, Bob? Can you just pick a state? Any of those other states. Or I will go with Indiana just for fun. Well, so Indiana, <laughs> um, CBD oil is the only one there. And so the reason Bob picks Indiana, well, that's where I'm currently residing. That's where Bob probably won't tell you he was born. Uh, I wasn't born there. Oh, all my formative years. I was born in Ohio, oh. just for the record. Oh, well, speaking of Ohio. Yeah, Ohio is not a good one either. <laughs> uh, it uh, Medicinal is approved there. Anyway, we can go through the list here. But if you were to go to Idaho, Wyoming, South Dakota, Kansas, Wisconsin, Louisiana, Alabama, Tennessee, or South Carolina... I've got bad news for you. Fully illegal in all those states. No CBD oil, no nothing. No medicinal. You can't do CBD there either? No, which is really shocking because Indiana, a very conservative state, uh, legalized uh, on my birthday in 2018. Um, legalized CBD? CBD oil. So you can buy CBD there. So this is something that we learned relatively recently, maybe yesterday. Um, <laughs> all CBD-derived products have some level of THC. However, I think the federal leg regulation is anything under 0.3 percent. milligrams percent. percent. Or, okay. I believe it's percent. All right. So there's something around three tenths percent. Yes. Then it considered okay in most of those states, except for apparently those evil ones that Kevin just mentioned. And to kind of look forward, where are we going with this? Um, we're going to kind of look at a budding, if you will, <laughs> industry, um, that's cannabis. So not that long ago, it was very kind of taboo. And I'll argue that it's still pretty taboo in a lot of places. It's it's uh, a counterculture thing. Um, for some, you know, the morality, the, the how much of a vice is it will vary greatly. Um, 
we can get into all that. But really, I think what we're going to talk about today is where is the cannabis industry? How does it relate to tech? And why should some of that be important to you, the listener, right? Or just important for us to talk about. <laughs> and maybe you find some value in it. Um, so I guess the next question would be, do we start about the different ways you can consume the product and how tech might be related to that? Or well, where do you want to go? <laughs> Let, let's here let me let me put two road markers in a way and then after we get beyond those we can keep keep going so we talked about legality so i'm going to go through colorado's laws and real high level not not read you the, the legal so glad one of us is super smart <laughs> and, and just kind of talk through it because for me being in indiana i had questions you know and then but before we get there can bob can you define the two major chemical compounds that are relevant describe the compounds themselves well, so you've got thc and cbd is that what you're referring yeah, to and kind of give me a difference of what each one are well thc is actually the psychoactive element of tetrahydra something yeah right. hydrocycline or something like that um that is the chemical compound that has the psychoactive effects cbd on the other hand does not have this psycho psychoactive effects. It is a byproduct, um, or I guess a product of hemp synthesizing or hemp reducing, um, that offers anti-inflammation. Uh, not so much, you know. Th these are also you'll find that you know this is not uh, proven by the FDA, et cetera, et cetera. But that's a topic we can get to a little later because that's going to be changing or already is changing. Kevin's going to read a label, I think, for us. Well, to summarize, <laughs> THC gets you high. Yes. and yes. In, psychoactive. Think of it as an analog to alcohol, where alcohol gives you a euphoric effect once you've consumed enough um, and whatnot, where CBD is not going to get you high. And it's, I, I started taking CBD because it's legal in Indiana only a few weeks ago just to see, is this the latest snake oil that the industry is setting out there? Because the FDA, there's apparently no peer-reviewed or not enough peer-reviewed examples of, hey, this is really good for this or that. The one exception to that is, I believe, epilepsy, epileptic seizures. Yes, they have studied it extensively for that. Yes. So um, uh, Bob and I, because I had questions, I'm like, Bob, can, can, you, can we go to a dispensary? I just want to see what it's like. And we happen to have one right across the street from our house. Totally in walking distance. <laughs> so I wasn't sure what to expect. I kind of expected a seedy place. Um, but when we got there, uh, I walk in, some super friendly people there. And it was like a, it's a waiting area, wouldn't you yeah, call it that? Yeah, it's got a lobby. Yeah. It's all like a, almost like a lounge. Where you, you, can, you can shop for paraphernalia or tech or materials that go along with your cannabis experience. Or you can just browse their, uh, their materials and their catalog. And one of the first things they'll do when you walk in the door is. Sorry, I was sipping a beer. Also, not a good combo, but for podcasting, it's totally fine. They check your ID. So in the state of Colorado, you must be 21 um, or older. I think that's pretty much universal in the legal states, 21. So it's, again, very kind of analogous to alcohol. alcohol. Yes. Um, it's a felony in the state of Colorado to give or sell anyone under the age of 21 um, marijuana. And, uh, of course, you have to have government ID. Is it a felony for alcohol? I don't know. It should be. <laughs> you know, if, if it is for marijuana, it should be for alcohol because I very yeah, much equate think them. about it. When a bar, you go to a bar, you present a fake ID, mm -hmm. you get served alcohol if you're underage. Is that bar prosecuted as a felony? They, I, 
I think they get an excise violation and they get a fine. Not right. A, not a criminal. But that's not a felony, though. That's, that's correct. But I think the relationship's different because the person attempted to deceive, you know, the business. Well, but I would think the same would hold true in a dispensary if someone presented fake identification, was Mm -hmm. able to pass the, um, the ID check test. Right. They also log your ID, though. Yeah, and that's important to know. So when you walk in, um, and you give your ID, they make basically a digital scan of it. I don't know what they do with it, but they make a log that Bob and Kevin just walked into the farm, which is the place we went to. (laughs) And um, you have to be okay with that. So if you're not okay with somewhere down the line, somebody saying, hey, Bob, Kevin, we seen this log, this leaked log, you went to the farm, don't go to one because, you know, so I'm on, it's on record, right? So do you think, <laughs> so can we equate that to things we've talked about before? Like everyone's like, oh, I hate the big brothers watching me, but hey, Spotify just told me the song I wanted to hear. I mean, is it almost kind of the same thing? We're willing to give up some of our privacy to get a little THC? <laughs> maybe um that's a good, good question i i can definitely see i want to be the whole idea with the uh the cannabis the legal cannabis industry they want to be above board hey look we are doing this we want to do it the right way um what you know will ac- uh, accept some regulations some some degree of you know hey we'll help law enforcement we you know we're let's work together with the government and i very much felt that yesterday and I well, it's also to protect themselves too, hundred percent. Yeah, and then so the next step was is they take you from the holding area into what would you call the next area? I would call that the true like dispenser. That's where the transaction that's where the occurs. Product, is, yeah, that's right? where the product is exactly. And I was expecting more, just kind of like I don't know, Bob Marley posters everywhere <laughs> <laughs> or whatnot. But it felt like um like a general store, yeah, for candy. But it, the candy was cannabis related products. sometimes candy <laughs> and in my hand i'm holding said candy so it's made by wana and they're based here out of boulder it says sour gummies and it's exotic yuzu and it tells you that that's it's the flavor two to one ratio between cbd and thc um and it's probably somewhere oh right there it's got 200 milligrams of cbd for every 100 milligrams of thc um there's 10 pieces in the container so 10 milligrams each gummy square and they recommend starting with about a half so one of the labels on here that i saw um was interesting it's it's a it's like a warning label but it has an exclamation at the top in the middle it has thc our bud tender actually pointed that out to us and i did bud tender with air quotes. she said kevin don't leave the state of colorado with this don't get on a plane with this because of this symbol right here so if you were to have regular cbd and it did not have the symbol on here i think we would be pretty well to go on that yeah so that bottle of cbd that i have does not have the exclamation exclamation point on it now the developer me looks at the goes not thc so no shit yesterday when she's pointing this out to me i'm like oh this has no thc oh yes and i'm like all about notation i'm like oh that doesn't mean the opposite of the it means no warning warning. this has thc in it so i found that to be interesting but the package that i have in case you've never seen it um this looks totally like Legit. This looks like a thing well, of this is gum a, or something, This is an right? industry now. It's not underground. It's it's well above ground. And this has like a childproof thing. I don't even know you how to... You have to squeeze it. Yeah. Like take two sides and squeeze I, them right. and pull the I'll, lid up. I'll, I'll fail. Um, <laughs> it tastes... I mean, if you gave me this and you gave me just another piece of sour candy that's maybe lemon flavored, I would have no idea. 
And that some people will point to that as being a little bit of a problem. Because children or... Right. But then once again, we can reflect upon the alcohol industry where they're always trying to develop things that don't taste like right. alcohol. Right. Doesn't, yeah. Or smell like it. Right. You'd mentioned this doesn't have like a weedy smell or anything. And I totally, I mean, literally, if you, if you gave me one of these and you're like, hey, you want some candy? I would have no idea until about an hour. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, what'd you give me? We're on a ticking clock right now, by the way. Yes, we are. <laughs> so, uh, so that was an interesting experience. The other interesting experience was, is I pull out a credit card. I'd be like, ah, well, I'll take one of those and what then? And she stops me and she's like, uh-uh, can't do that. I'm like, uh-uh, can't do what? <laughs> and she says, uh, cash only or debit. And so most people don't ca carry cash in today's society. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, there's a majority of people who do not carry cash. And so they have this ATM machine the size of a credit card reader. Yeah. It's basically the cash back option at Walmart, and you use a debit card, you, you get some cash back, and, and uh, there's a significant amount of tax. It's actually not as bad as I thought. I would expect like some like 50% tax. Was it $6 on the purchase, Is that, or was it 6%? It was like the normal sales tax, and what's the sales tax? Is it like 2.75%, which Oof. is really low here I don't in know what, yeah, I don't know exactly yet. It's I'd have new. to look at my receipt, but then there was like another 10%, but I still felt like... All right, it's no big deal. And then there was an ATM charge uh, fee. But they comp that back to you, though. I, I don't think... I, I looked through my transactions. So USA, that's who I banked through. Normally they would, but it's normally like a separate line item. So they know how to how much it but is. But actually the the establishment will... That's, you oh, get, is that what she said? Yeah. Oh. So that's why she gave you $4 or whatever. So they round up to the nearest oh. dollar. There's a $5 ATM fee, but they give you the difference in cash. Okay, I wondered why she gave me like four bucks back because <laughs> I, I ended up giving her like three bucks, you know, a tip. I'm like, there you go. She was oh, really nice. Very nice. Um, but I was, the other thing I was like expecting like, I don't know, I'm, I'm not good at this. You know, I'm, I didn't know what to expect, but it looked totally like, like a gumball store you know a candy store and, and it is it's a candy store i, I kind of wish that liquor stores would follow their lead a little bit more i mean liquor like alcohol has become so commoditized that there actually is no in-store experience so to layer in a little tech the place that we visited yesterday called the farm they have online pre-ordering so that is a little bit of tech so you know, it's just like a, an alcohol-based website. You have to tick the box that says you're over 21. But then you can go to the shopping cart and you can add items. You can't purchase them, but you can have them prepackaged, ready for you to arrive. And you still go through the same gotcha. process. They check your ID. You go into the back. You get your package. You pay for it. But it's just kind of nice that they have that, you know, WWW presence to build a shopping cart, order ahead. Because there are busy times. When we went in there yesterday, it was dead. So continuing on with Colorado law, just for people like me who are just like curious, um, there's limits to buying. You can buy only from licensed retail stores, and they totally looked legit yesterday. And uh, you can get up to one ounce of marijuana. Now, this, as I hold the... One ounce of flour, or is it one it, ounce total weight? It's one ounce of flour. And okay. for, for the uninitiated, I'd ask Bob, what's the... What's I mean, <laughs> he's like, you know, like the green stuff. The bud. Yeah, I'm like, oh, okay. All right. It's jargon. Got it. The reefer, the ganja. And then I believe the daily <laughs> limit for uh, like the edibles is 800 milligrams. 
Um, you can buy 800 milligrams in one. So I could, we could have bought eight packages of that. Oh, maybe I got there. Anyway, there's a limit. That seems <laughs> well, heavy. It does, actually. But they actually have edibles in there that are 200 milligram edibles. Like yeah. one single cookie. And they had like a, a binder. Uh, for lack of a better term, it was a menu, right? Yeah. It, and they had the totally flowers over here. And they've got all the names you would expect of, you know, Maui Wowie and, you know, stuff like that. And then they have the edibles. They had chocolate chip cookies. They had brownies. They had uh, edibles. Of course, I'm like, uh, Bob, just point to something, man. I don't know what I'm doing. Here. So we went with our favorite, <laughs> which was the Wana gummies. Um, would it shock you to know that they ha- also, speaking of the technology of weed, they have a loyalty program? I'm not surprised. Do they have an app? They no. They have the website. Okay, but there's a kiosk when you come in. I don't know if you took note of that or I not. Didn't. And I forgot to do it because I was with you. You can key in your phone number. And then you get rewards. Now, the sketchy part is, and I was dumb when I went in there, I put my work cell phone in. So (laughs) now my rewards are tied to my work cell phone. However, I live in a state where this is legal. I wouldn't be drunk at work. So why would I be high at work? And now our company only does drug testing for um, safety critical positions. So I'm totally fine. Um, moving on on Colorado law. So at, at any point in time, no one can have any more than one ounce. Um, public use. So I was curious about this yesterday. Can you drink? We, we talked about this on the walk today, too. We did. And according to Colorado law, using marijuana in any way, smoking, eating, or vaping isn't allowed in public places. This includes indoor, outdoor area, or the following outdoor and indoor areas, sidewalks, ski resorts, common areas of an apartment building or condo, et cetera. So it feels very much like open container laws for alcohol. Yeah, exactly. But so you're saying that according to Colorado state law, I can't consume a gummy at my house and then go hang out at the bar. Your mileage may vary, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, please consult your own personal lawyer. Now in your research today, this might be skipping ahead too, but um, did you read anything about the way that they would detect if I was high in public? Nice segue, Bob. So, <laughs> uh, I found an article on The Motley Fool. If I not, swear to God, this was not rehearsed either. The Motley Fool is a... Um, Stock guy, right? Yeah, it's a financial yeah. thing. It's been around since early 90s. Um, I see it every now and then on like CNN as like a... Right, but I feel like those are spammy ads every time I see a Motley Sometimes Fool Sometimes I feel ad. like they're like troll things, and I actually had a Wikipedia of the Motley Fool. I'm like, is this a real thing, or is this like the onion of business? Or, I think know? Motley Fool used to have a segment on CNBC or MSNBC, one of the other news networks that was not CNN. So there's to answer your question, there's they recommend five things that tech can help transfer, can, transform the cannabis industry. And one of them goes to your point. We can t- detect um, blood alcohol very easily with the breathalyzer. Right. However, with cannabis, it's not so easy. So one thing that their uh, research, they, the, the proverbial they, <laughs> um, the cannabis uh, proponents are looking to get cannabis breathalyzers. You may say, wait a second, proponents of cannabis want to have detection? I can tell you exactly why they're- Tell us, Bob. Because especially in the great state of Colorado, an ongoing debate is- related to traffic accidents, are they tied to alcohol or are they tied to weed? My opinion, they're mostly tied to bad decisions, but there's actually been an uptick, depending on what, because you can lie with statistics all the time, but depending on where you get your numbers, they're saying that there's been an uptick in traffic accidents and they're trying to tie it to cannabis. 
The problem is, is many users will do exactly what I'm doing right now. I had an edible. Double up. <laughs> I don't, well, they, the kids call it crossfaded. Oh. Um, I don't need to have a beer right now, but the beer in this state is amazing. <laughs> so I guarantee when I'm out like doing a hike or whatever, and we're driving to or from, like, especially if we're going distances, there's people on the roads that are driving while intoxicated. The primary factor is the beer accessibility, but they're trying to pin an increase on the THC. So amazing point. Also mentioned <laughs> in this article is jurisdictions, say Indiana, where it's not presently legal to do recreational marijuana, are hesitant to legalize it because they have no way to detect it on motorists. Right. So, or at least it's difficult. I mean, you can do a blood test, but blood tests, it says how much is in your system, which there's a large half-life, right, of weeks that it's in your system, right? So, um, and then... Um, but I, the impacts, though... The, sh- the half-life is actually very short right, and very easily estimated, um, where alcohol is not the same. If I continue on in this technology-related um, yes. article, uh, apparently, because I've never done this, when you grow your own marijuana, which you're allowed to do in the state of Colorado, you can have up to six plants. Oh, six. Damn, that's high. Of which only three can be flowering uh, at the moment. So you can do like a... Because I think Illinois coming. is only doing... Five or fewer, they might only be two. I'm, I'm quickly checking my uh, laws of Colorado. By the way, this is available at colorado.gov. So this is totally, this is exactly what they're putting out here. Um, Put yeah. that in the show notes for sure. Yeah. Um, fact, oh, and we should probably mention that. Please check your local laws because they're, yeah. they're all over the place. And we're not, uh, we're we're not, not lawyers. law <laughs> lawyers. Yeah. What do, we, what do they call those law people? Lawyers? Yeah. We're not those. Yeah. Totally not. Um, so anyway, um, even if you're in Colorado and I'm misquoting this, please do your own uh, local research. You're probably way more educated on it than I am anyway. I'm just a tourist. <laughs> so one of the problems with growing your own is electricity consumption because the grow lights um, are like kind of like these, uh, I call them high pressure sodium bulbs and LEDs are now able to supplant those and reduce your oh, footprint. Very nice. So that's one way technology is starting to step up. And, um, there's, there's other electrical concerns, um, such as, um, because it requires so much energy. Apparently Tesla was mentioned in the article as having, taking their batteries, the battery wall. Yeah. And using them to, um, to help store up enough electricity to do this around the clock and whatnot. So I would love to tour a legalized grow facility in the state of Colorado. That should, that's on my bucket list. Which takes me to my next article. Um, (laughs) Apparently there is a a bit of a shortage of above board cannabis and a lot of it, uh, like Canada specifically, which totally uh, legalized it nationwide in Canada. They have trouble keeping up with demand, which is, can they import it from here? don't know. I want to say yes, but I really, that sounds really sketchy, uh, right? Actually, since it's a federal crime here, there's probably no way that we could export. But man, just think about if they have a shortage there, this would be something for the administration to look into because if they legalize it nationally, then we could export it and we could make money. Hell yeah. Um, Speaking of use on, say, federal land, because the federal government, it's a schedule one substance which is like the worst yeah which is still ridiculous that's Correct. so ridiculous yeah how can it be legal in 10 states plus washington dc itself yet be schedule one makes no real sense right 
Um, so if you go on to, say, Rocky Mountain National Park over here and you're caught in possession by a ranger, guess what? Federal yeah. crime. That's right. So um, even though being in the state of Colorado, you need to be careful. Now, yes, but is that ranger going to abide by the federal law, which is his jurisdiction, her, his or her, their jurisdiction, or will they look the other way because it's legal in the state of Colorado? Bob, I'll let you roll those dice individually <laughs> and <laughs> let me know how it comes up. Um, one thing that the Colorado law says that I, so full disclosure, 1997, I wrote a college essay, legalize it, tax it, regulate it. You did? I did. I was very... Well, you hippie. No, you've always been a libertarian. That's bottom well, line right there. I, I, I know people, and sometimes I've labeled myself as a libertarian. I really think of myself as more independent than anything. I've labeled you as a libertarian as long as I've known you. Okay. Well, <laughs> I should probably, if the shoe fits, right? And there's no, there's no dishonor in that label? Spe well, to be honest, I think there needs to be... So a, a true libertarian's like the market and, you yeah, know... Yeah, let the market dictate. Yeah. But I think the market does need limits. So I'm not a, you know, I'm, I'm not 100% I'm not congruent on a libertarian. Right. But your views are much more in line with a libertarian philosophy than a conservative Probably. or liberal. Yeah. Which, I don't, where would you put libertarian on a spectrum? I know we're totally digressing. Would you put that in between Democrat and Republican? Nope. Where would you put outside that? Outside of, so outside more, of both. So like a triangle. All right. Yeah. Because we like to talk about a circle metaphor. Right. So yeah, if I'm talking about liberty, it becomes more, yeah. yeah, it becomes more of a triangle. Okay. Because they've got their own, their own vertice. Because, you know, politically, libertarians, aren't going to get any traction anytime ever it seems like right. right and so i when i vote i i tend i don't really vote libertarian but i vote more independent i'll vote for republican yes i know or a democrat yes i know too um so that's my thing anyway so when it comes so i wrote this article and one of the things that i talked about then and what you should what colorado is doing now is and i'll read it to you drug testing at work in the state of colorado despite legalization Employers can still test for marijuana and make employment decisions based on drug test results. Be sure to know where your workplace policies are before you use. So to me, I find that to be a good trade-off. So we're going to legalize. But it's not a great trade-off. Yeah. Think about alcohol. Is that what you're right, trying to say? Exactly. Because there's no test. Like you're not going to come in on a Monday and they're not going to run a test on your liver and say, well... Looks like you had a pretty rough weekend, Ooh. dude. We're going to have to let you go. This is, a, this is a good point because THC will be in your system and you can so track it back. So would alcohol on Monday morning? Possibly. If you put a bender in. Yeah. Because basically it's the same premise though. You used THC three weeks ago and they ding you and they let you go. But you could have been like, you could be really half in the bag from a, you know, a big night out drinking on Thursday on a Friday. They're not going to let you go because they're not going to test you for alcohol. So. Though it may not make sense, alcohol is very much accepted in most of oh, I know. society, right? Makes me angry. So <laughs> cannabis got a bad rap from President Richard Nixon. The war on hippies and the way he got back at them, in my opinion, was to take away their love now, drug, right? <laughs> does it not go back farther than that, though? And uh, we'll come back to the war on the hippies. But this was a hemp stigma that goes back to a much older president, right? Probably. But I would, I associate a lot of the, you know, psychedelic, the 60s and, and Nixon, the war on drugs. So it may have had uh, traction before then, but that's when I think the 
vilification of cannabis. Well, I think the came from. recreational use of cannabis, yes, but I also think that, that was probably a little racially tied as well. Not that we want to go into that, but <laughs> please no, no. not. Um, so, so I, I just want to touch on this now because now I'm curious. So you would push back on the the idea of making employment decisions in a legal state? Yeah. Okay. If if Colorado is legal, and this is you know obviously just my personal opinion. If there's gonna if they're gonna test for cannabis THC, then there should be a penalty for alcohol too. Now, not I, that I want either one of those, but I want it to be a fair playing field. And I'm not trying to box you in for once, um, but if I'm a <laughs> bolt heavy equipment uh, operator, does does anything change? You can't you a you can't be drunk at work. Sure. You can't be high at work. Okay, right. So, um, we both took an edible today. We're gonna go to sleep. And we're going to be perfectly fine tomorrow morning. Correct. But in the same regard, if we woke up high and we went to work. Or woke up drunk. Right. Exactly. But I will tell you, if you wake up with a hangover from alcohol, your ability to operate heavy machinery is compromised. I don't think the same is true for THC. So right now that that would be anecdotal subjective evidence. Yes, no, this is totally personal opinion. Totally. Which you've got me convinced. <laughs> because you're right. If we say, okay, well, let's make alcohol the same thing. We can make a decision based on alcohol. The problem is you can't really that's out of your system and there's no liver test because you're not taking somebody's hair sample like you can with right. a THC. And getting alcohol. And right. getting a six month or a three month record. You're basically like an well, you're either drunk right now or you're not. Right. Ish. Yeah. Okay. But I wish there was a hangover test because I do think that in the grand scheme of things, that's worse than a hangover. Speaking of worse, so in the military, we had 26-hour shifts sometimes. And right. when I was done with that shift, I would be so tired, but I had to drive home at this point, you know? And I felt like, because the policy was no naps, no nothing, or you're in trouble. So I felt like... Being fatig- or I feel like being fatigued is even as dangerous as some of these things. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay, I have I have good news. I made it to the end of the Colorado laws. Okay, so good. We can move on. <laughs> We've only got nine more states to go. Um, nope, just kidding. Uh, so to kind of bring it back to, so we've talked about edibles. Obviously, we've talked about flour. Um, in the wake of vaping, and the Injuries and deaths tied to bogus THC or black market THC vape cartridges. They've kind of like boiled it down to that evil. Um, I got an article that came across my Twitter feed about um, it was a pro vaping, but not vaping of the liquid cartridges. There is an actual um, way to consume cannabis, which involves wax based or resin based products. So you've got your wax, your shatter. Um, the way that that's consumed has been labeled dabbing, but there, I don't know why it became dabbing, because you have to take a dab of the wax or something okay. like that. But basically, this article was like, hey, afraid of you know dying from vaping liquid-based cartridges, there's a way to vape with a wax-based product that doesn't have the additives or the possibility. I mean, you're still going to get it tainted, but you can go into a place like the farm like we did yesterday and they have a whole section of wax-based, shatter-based, you know, like uh, synthesized down 
THC concentrate is what it boils down to. It's a THC concentrate. Take a tiny little dab, vaporize that. They have pens that do that. It's just like a vape pen, but it's meant for vaporizing that. And you can also vaporize the green flower as well. So it superheats it and you just get the vapor off of it. Do you want to take a guess at a number of what the global sales was last year in cannabis? Global sales? Global. I feel like it's got a B after it, right? Yes. Yes, it does. Uh, I'm going to go 10 billion. Bob, you're so far off. It was 10.9 billion. <laughs> God, you're good at guessing these. I think, I, I think, can you see through the back of my laptop nope. to, to my screen? Is Not that yet. transparent? Give me 50 more All minutes. Right. I should I've be got, able to. I've got more trivia for you. Did you know, well, this will be easiest. I guess it's true or false. Did you know <laughs> um, that on the uh, New York Stock Exchange and NASDAQ, there are publicly traded cannabis companies? Yes which is super weird because of the federal laws. So how can we have a publicly traded, globally traded stock, right? That's regulated by the federal government, SEC. Right. <laughs> For an illegal product. So that would be like if a heroin dealer went public, did an IPO. Right. And it's not legal anywhere. But right. Uh, so, so, so it just needs to be legal in one state. Now you can go public, right? I don't know, because that's very interesting not to deviate too much. But here in Colorado, we have decriminalized mushrooms, psilocybin. So the next step, logically, because that's the path that weed took, is it gets decriminalized, then it becomes legal. You're going to have a magic mushroom stock. Right, exactly. So are we, you know, how does that work? So I've got another article from The Motley Fool, and the headline is, Marijuana's Big Four lost nearly $14 billion in valuation during the third quarter of this year. So Why 4-2? Uh, <laughs> there's the four companies are Canopy Growth, Aurora, Cannabis, Kronos Group, and Tilray. So one lost $6 billion, one lost three and a half, one lost Aurora's two. definitely in Colorado. For sure. Yeah. So according to this, um, there's a supply and demand problem. Um, they just can't produce them as much and then also so it's not a saturation issue it's a can't keep up with production issue so the article's got a bunch of different factors you know choose choose one or a handful um and so one of the one of the uh things here was it's also hard to make it profitable apparently when it became legal officially in 2014 in colorado there was a lot of dispensaries and then they bought each other up so they kind of vertically oh yeah and apparently there's this thing in business called goodwill purchases where you overpay for a company and that will potentially turn into losses in the future. Oh, we so they're looking for the write-off right out the bat. Yeah. So um, apparently, so $10 is great. There's, there's a huge trajectory for it, but it seems like the business side of it is still trying to figure itself out. Well, can I inject the federal government again into this whole equation, which also baffles me that they can trade stocks? Um, because of the federal law implications, weed is technically a cash-only business. And what do we know about cash-only transactions? They're very hard to track. Exactly. So how can you add a valuation in a marketplace where a majority of the transactions are not trackable. So let's bring it back to tech on that note. So one of the uh, suggestions here in uh, one of these articles, sorry, I can't give you credit right now because I've got about 10 of them open and it's in one of them. <laughs> and you might be getting a little hot. Is exactly that. We have cash only business. So there's no analytics. 
to associate. So when you use credit card, hey, we can kind of correlate, you know, maybe, oh, this was at the farm, which is low as a one, two, three, four category business. And so we can see, you know, attribute things there, see trends, things like that. It's very difficult to buy online, if not impossible. You can't yeah, I don't check think you out. Can, no, you can't check out. Therefore, we can see who's visiting, but you can't look at your capture rate, your conversions, right? right? So laws right now are prohibiting some of the, it's, it's kind of like the fog of war for this industry right now. We can't fully see it, but we're still going to kind of. But then once again, it begs the question, how in the hell can there be publicly traded entities based on, I guess Enron was publicly traded and that was totally based on nothing, right? Yeah, so it's it's a tricky thing. So it's my prediction that in 20 years, we'll go from 10 plus DC to at least 50% of the states. What do you think? Uh, I would love to see what's like on the ballot for the next election cycle because 2020, I mean, if there's 17 states that has it on the ballots, they might close that gap in a heartbeat. So I'm looking at a map and... The Southeast sticks out to me as the most resistant because their laws are still very old school. Does Texas have it on any upcoming ballots? Do you know? Uh, it doesn't give me that information here. Because um, I think Texas is the new, I mean, they're, they're quickly becoming purple, not straight red. I think what is going to have to happen, let's take Indiana, for example. We've got Michigan to the north. That's fully legal. We've got Ohio to the right, where it's mostly legal. And we have Illinois to the left, where it's going to be 100% legal soon. January 1st. Yes. So we're going to be surrounded, except for Kentucky. Um, <laughs> the last two strongholds in the U.S. Right. Indiana and Kentucky. So at some point. Yet everyone gets high in both those states. Just at some point, you got to ask yourself, do we just want to lock up people who, if if they are literally 10 feet over the line to my left there in Illinois and it's not a crime. They're 10 feet to the right on, on the other state line. It's not 10 feet to the right to the north. Do we really want to lock up those people, our own population for lack of a better term, because they're going over the border anyway. And then right. do we really want to give up all that revenue? Now there's the counter argument. Ah, yes. If we look at the statistics, the crime here and here, the numbers have moved. But I would argue that most of those changes are because, like when Colorado became legal, it became a magnet for good and for bad people. And the more that you spread out the legalization across the country, the magnet isn't um, in right. one spot. It's spread out, and, and it'll probably just be back to the normalized, well, whatever, right? So it's, it's my opinion that as states kind of regionally, geographic-wise, go legal, I think the states next door, they'll they'll go, well, let's point to this anecdotal, or not anecdotal, but let's point to this, you know, these states, these states over here, because it's tough to be the first one. That's why most of your liberal states were the first, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And your conservative states predictably will be the last, right? The red states. So, um, but I think the red states will be on board once you say enough zeros in the tax revenue. Right. And but everybody to, else is doing it. They have to change so much of it, though, because part of the crime increase attributed with the legalization is because of the cash-based nature. Like, um, one of the large concerns in this state and other states that have legalized it is the fact that you have to take a massive amount of cash on a daily basis to a bank that will process that cash knowing that it came from a, a legalized weed, you know, store. 
<laughs> so, so CNN just on our homepage today, they have a an article, you know, talking about cannabis stocks have flamed out this year. So more more evidence. And one of the things they point to is increased competition. Yeah. So I wonder how making marijuana more ubiquitous affects the black market trade. Because let's be honest, if it's if it's not black market in Colorado, it is black market in Indiana. Well, there's still a black market in Colorado. Probably. Um, but probably like less. Yeah, so. it's definitely a fringe edge case thing, I believe. So um, legalizing it, in my pea brain here, I'm thinking it's, it's going to be a net benefit. And I know a lot of people are going to like, come on, dude, you just want to get high. Honestly, not really. <laughs> you know, so. Right, but the biggest thing is, is it becomes nationally, nationally legal you have that regulation. And actually in the states where it is legal, you have that regulation. So you know when you go to the store, whether it be a cannabis store or a liquor store, there's a rating. You know, it's this beer is 7.6% alcohol by volume. This THC product is 100 milligrams of active THC per gummy. So you know those things because the science isn't behind closed doors. It's not underground. It's not, you know... You're not buying your stuff from some guy who decides he wants to add fentanyl to it just for fun. Yeah, that that would be the scary. I mean, I don't full full disclosure. I don't buy any in Indiana. I'm, I, for, I'm afraid that somebody's right. You know, who wants to do deal with a drug dealer? Not this guy. You right. Know? Or or who wants to try to foster a relationship of trust with their drug dealer? It'd much be much easier if the state of Colorado was overseeing to make sure that the farm does X Y Z to be in compliance. Makes you feel much better about it. So another article that came out, TechCrunch, it literally came out two hours ago on today. Um, and it says the budding industry of cannabis tech. I'm like, oh man, this is like perfectly timed. <laughs> of course, I go through it and it's pretty much saying what we're saying now. It's kind of defining CBD, kind of defining the market cap and THC. But one thing I found interesting in it, um, it says uh, big names like Coca-Cola and Molson Coors Brewing are among the hordes of companies working on their own CBD products. So like CBD Coke or CBD with a Coke label on it? That's, it, that's all I have uh, is what I read here, but that's, that's compelling. I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's hard to deny. Now, what is easy to argue against is, again, the lack of research, air quotes, that because I, I've listened to Joe Rogan a lot, full disclosure, you know, he's an advocate of CBD, THC, you know, recreational, the whole nine yards. I think some of the things they talk about on there is it's because it's a schedule one item that they actually don't get funding for these sorts of things um, in academia. Yeah, that, that doesn't shock me at all. And I, I don't know why, as a nation, we're so hesitant to take it off that schedule. Because, you know, Opioids, way worse. I was telling Kevin today, I've never seen two high dudes at a bar get in a fight. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> they just hug it out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, one thing I found interesting was, huh, let me, let me, I don't know, throw in some keywords on Amazon, like cannabis and whatnot, and see what comes up. Of course, the natural things come up, which is grow lights and things like that. But um I, I attempted to get CBD on Amazon. I don't think it's a legit CBD. I think it's labeled it's, as it. It's labeled as hemp oil, right? Right. Yeah. Do you know the difference between those two? The So you can basically milk a hemp plant and get hemp oil. 
which is not CBD. Right. And it's probably not THC either because there's a process to extract those elements from not just squeezing it. So, <laughs> um, so one of the things that I was always told is just be very, um, make sure that it references CBD in the ingredients list because hemp oil could actually be 100% CBD free. So I thought that was interesting that, you know, the cannabis industry is leaking into some of the, you know, Amazon, you know, in, in its varied way, you know, kind of flirting. Um, but I feel I, like we saw some reputable brands out there, though, on well, Amazon. I had asked you, I'm like, hey, man, I would like, you know, like try some CBD, but I'm afraid to get it from my local family video because it's <laughs> God knows where they get it from. Wait, do you really have a local family video still? That sells CBD, yeah. And they have... Big sign out front. We have CBD oil here. And I'm just like... But they have VHS tapes that you can rent? Uh, I've never been there. I don't, oh, okay. I, you, you know me. I'm on, on demand everything. So, but yeah. I was just curious about but family yeah, video. we have a rental store. Somebody's keeping them alive. Maybe it's the CBD oil at this Could point. Could be. Um, so you'd suggest the Charlotte's Web, which is also a Colorado, in fact, I think it's Boulder-based yep. yep. um, uh, company. And as you mentioned, real CBD oil, not cheap. Not um, cheap and I, I want to remind everyone, CBD oil has little to no THC and not enough to Correct. have any consequence, so you don't get high on or anything. And again, I, I'm taking it going, okay, well, this is going to, this is snake oil. Great. What's it going to fix for me? You know, I kind of took it on a, on a whim. The only thing I've noticed is my sleep pattern is different. My, my dreams are more lucid, more, more vivid. Um, but since I've been here, actually... I guess I, I've, by proxy, I've been getting CBD oil. I, I didn't bring it with me, but it's not cheap. But I bought it online, so I was able to get what I felt was legitimate product delivered to my house, which well, was pretty cool. So I appreciate yeah. the tip. No worries. So uh, I mentioned Charlotte's Web, based here. Then I'm like, huh, what do they have? Job postings? Not that I need any job, but I'm just curious. You know, what kind of you know? Do they need data analysts? What do they need? Do they just need sales guy or sales? Now you girl? mentioned that they had job postings. What did they have? Um, they had a lot of developer jobs, a lot of marketing jobs. They also had cultivator technician or whatever, you know, stuff like that. Well, what were the developer jobs for like web sales or inventory management or like what kind of development would they do? I would imagine it's their e-commerce. Okay. Uh, uh, so yeah, that wouldn't shock me. So I was on Indeed, and if you put in cannabis on Indeed.com, you'll, I'll just read them off here. Lab technician, hip extraction, cannabis service representative, part-time, full-time, <laughs> uh, mass hiring, trimmers, harvesters, packagers, uh, outside sales reps. So this sounds like normal, oh, regular. Oh, yeah, it's commerce, yeah. Jobs. And, of course, it's very, um, you know, I'm seeing a lot of Colorado here. I don't think this is scoped to just Colorado, but it's, it's going to be really regional. We're definitely, I mean, California and Colorado, definitely on the... Ground zero. Yeah. If you could have two of them, right? The biggest suppliers, yeah. Growers, so, distributors, yeah. So um, another article I found here, it's a little old, about a year old, 21 blazing hot weed tech companies to watch. I love the puns around the... The weed industry. <laughs> right. You can't write. It. Sorry, the editor's like, sorry, you're gonna need to make this more punny. I'm yeah, sorry. We need a weed pun in there. Yes. Um. So just kind of scrolling through here, I'm just gonna like mention a few here. Ease and Green Rush. You know, and you'll see a lot of themes here in um the naming here. And 
Uh, they're trying to be the Uber for weed. What? Why does everyone need to be the Uber of whatever? When That's because that Uber blazed the trail for the gig economy. I'm sure. Um, there's another one called Baker, which they, <laughs> they call themselves uh, the Salesforce of cannabis. Yet another kind of pun in there. Food related. Yeah, well, edible, no, being baked. Right? Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. Oh, that too. Oh shoot, yeah. <laughs> Flow Hub. Um, it's a seed to sale tech. Do you know anything about the seed side of the business? Um, just minimally, uh, the farm is actually involved in the, the pre-growth. So you can buy seeds as a consumer, but they actually have a seed cultivation business where they sell to certified growers, so like which can have more germinated. And, yeah. Okay. And it's by strain. So, it, I mean, it's literally just like going to a flower shop. Uh, another one here called Mass Roots. It's the go-to social network for the cannabis community, allegedly. Um, Ichronic, which that's probably not a good, you know, chronic. You know, Brought to you by Apple. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, here's one called New Frontier Data. And I believe they're trying to do more analytics in, in the industry, which it's really interesting because they're making lots of money, but it's like they're tracking it like it's the year 2000. We don't know how we're making this money, but we're making it. Well, and here's another go back to the federal government thing. So I am employed by a cannabis company that only really does cash transactions at the consumer level, yet I'm getting a paycheck and probably paying federal taxes on that. How does that all work? That I don't know. I just feel like the federal government here, no shocker to anyone, is really like pulling one over on the states that have it legalized. Because they're still getting revenue, the government is, because of all the, the way that this industry is. It's just like any other industry now. So have you ever heard of GTI? Because you're from Chicago. That's your, that's your hint. GTI? Nope. Green Thumb Industries, uh, or GTI for short, is a U.S.-based national marijuana cultivator with up to 600 employees. Chicago, Illinois, which it's not even legal there yet. <laughs> so do you think that was preemptive, knowing that it was going to, like... In with the lobbyists, the weed lobby, big weed know. lobby. Big Oh, the big weed <laughs> lobby. Great. Here we go. <laughs> Hashtag big weed. That's coming soon, right? <laughs> I, I'm actually very shocked that big tobacco is not into weed. I think they are, though. I was reading one of these hundred things I read today, and uh, Philip Morris, I do believe, has a percent stake of some of these public companies. Okay, so that would, make, that would make perfect sense. I just don't hear about it very often. So, Well, Philip Morris is definitely not going to emote, you know, there's just like a stigma with Philip Morris just because the whole smoking industry, right. vaping. But uh, it's like a hedge bet for them probably to be involved in cannabis. They can probably see the writing on the... It's, the tobacco industry has been dying in a slow car crash for 20, 30 years. Has right? it? Has it really? Um, I feel like it has. No? Do we know that their numbers are down? Do we know I that their I, CEOs are not reaping like mega million dollar bonuses? I don't know. But the the not putting all your eggs in tobacco basket and... Right. You know, diversifying. Investing. Yeah, diversifying sure. is good. I mean, Apple's doing that, right? They have a freaking credit card. And now they have, you know, they're making right. a big push for digital services, so... You know, we think of Apple as the hardware company, but a lot of people think of it as the OS, you know, Mac OS and whatnot. But um, yeah, so diversification, not surprised that Philip Morris is getting into that. Let me ask you this. When it comes to like vaping and smoking, I am just not, I just don't want to smell like it. I don't want to do any of that. You know, the right. vaping. There's tons of personal aesthetics that just doesn't really fit for. So I think the whole edibles um, side of things, and there's a patch. We learned yesterday. I was going to say, would you be shocked to know there's a patch? <laughs> no. You can get, you can go buy THC passes or patches. 
I need to learn more about this because that seems very interesting. So, <laughs> you know, in the future, I, I would like to think that the alcohol industry will now have to start uh, diversifying in cannabis, right? Yeah, but I don't think we want weed-infused alcohol products. No, That'd be awful. I, I'm definitely not looking for a crossover product. What I'm looking for is people may realize that marijuana is not the evil thing that it's been definitely right. portrayed as. And it may, no shit, actually be healthier and better for you. Of course, this is all qualitative. This is Kevin's opinion. This is anecdotal. But... You know, there's not much of a, there's no hangover. Unless, Dude, I've never woken up after a hard night of taking an edible and saying, oh, my liver hurts. And <laughs> I I really don't like alcohol because I get hangovers. Right. I mean, oh, I just don't like it. Um, And then since you take away the whole smoke part of it because of edibles and whatnot, it just feels like it's, it's a, it's a good replacement, a better replacement. It's an upgrade to a six pack. Right? Yes. Oh yeah. And the, the cost. The cost is well on par. Um, I think that those Wana's 100 milligram gummy, I think it retails for $28 for 100 milligrams. And if you take that as, you know, five milligrams, yeah, we're good. Um, <laughs> take five milligrams and you can feel the effects of that for, you know, two to three, four hours and not wake up feeling hungover the next morning. I mean, that's basically 20, 20 nights out drinking, basically. <laughs> So with no side effects. I'm starting to get through all my my research here. So I'm just gonna start asking some off off the hip questions. I only have off the hip answers. Well, so because you've got a lot more um a little more experience in this, you know, which I have almost none. And what kind of what kind of barriers and or innovations do you think would be or are out there for available? Well, I think the barriers are all going to relate to, I mean, mostly legislative. There's obviously the, the, you know, the stigma of time that has to be overcome, but maybe not. I mean, they're already making so much money. I think the innovations are, once we have like a national legalized system, online ordering definitely becomes, you know, first and foremost, you know, we'll ship anywhere or or um, Uber Eats or whatever the other delivery right. services are. So you basically would have an Uber weed delivery. So you can buy wine online, be part of a club and whatnot. I know. Beer so, of the month. So there's going to be... There'll be butt of the month for sure. Yep. Weed of the month club. <laughs> so, butt of the month sounds better. <laughs> I'm sure there's a really awesome pun in there somewhere. But think about it. So weed becomes legal nationwide. So there's not so much of the, you know... There's no the, the at, danger factor at the federal of, level, right? At the federal level, so you know you do Uber Eats and you could do like you know uh, a weed and munchy type order, and it just gets brought to your door, no questions asked. Yeah, the United States is very diverse in terms of it. You can get beer delivery in Texas. I did it in Ohio. They have drive-through liquor stores. Oh well, yeah, those are pretty common, <laughs> right? So I get all that. Um, I just see some of these states on this map who are where it's 100% illegal right now. I just don't see them changing anytime soon. I know, but if you took anecdotal polls of the individuals living in those states, the same percentages are very darn close of consumption. People who consume cannabis will be very close to the states where it's already legalized. 
I, I, yeah, I, I think America is mostly in denial about the number of users. Because, oh, for sure. Because I think if you were to ask people honestly, I think honestly they would give you a the correct, politically correct answer, as opposed to what they're really doing. Just you know, because there's such a stigma with their jobs. I've whatever. seen reefer madness. You can't touch that stuff. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So what else we got? I will say 100 percent for the record that I don't want to shoot heroin because I've had weed. Well, <laughs> well, I think that's the common thing with with. Cannabis is oh, it's a gateway drug, right? And, it, and very well could be, but so could gambling, and so could alcohol, and so could being an asshole. So I right. mean, yeah. And what are the painkillers that your doctor prescribes? What are they a gateway to? They're definitely a gateway to heroin. Yeah, I mean, addiction with anything is possible. But um, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't addiction to marijuana hard? It's not a physically it's not dependent. very well documented. Yeah, the physical dependency is not really there in the same way other classifications, especially the the number ones. What are they called? Schedule ones, right. especially the other schedule ones. There's not the high addictive. Gotcha. Well, what did you think some of the tech opportunities are for this industry? Um, tech opportunities definitely in the financial side and the tracking is where I think it needs most help. And then secondly, we need. I think, well, not we, I have no stake in anything yet, um, able to do interstate commerce. So again, it's mostly regulatory because um, once that becomes above board, then you can have shipping uh, happen. But riddle me this, Batman, if it becomes above board and you can do interstate commerce, who's going to be like, yeah, right here, I, I got you covered. Amazon, right? Could you imagine yeah. getting your Amazon Prime weed? <laughs> On, you know, yeah, and they would probably jump in super quickly. Which, why you know, wouldn't you? There's big arguments that say that they kill, you know, cottage industries or small sure. mom and pops, but yeah, they would, I think they'd be in big. So, we're in Whole Foods today, this morning, you and I, that's owned by Amazon. Um, you know, they give you a discount if you have Prime or whatnot. So, and they sell alcohol at Whole Foods. So, from a business standpoint, you would have. You would have a hard time convincing me why you wouldn't do it if it's 100% legal right. and there's a demand and we have the infrastructure to pull it off, right? I wonder if it changed the in-store technology too if it's 100% legal. Because like a liquor store is not like that weed store. Oh my God, liquor store laws. Like, so in Indiana, for the longest time, you could not buy alcohol on Sunday. They've, they got rid of that though, right? Like recently, they made a modification. But there's other dumb laws like you can't sell cold beer at a grocery store because the liquor store lobby has made the stupid blue law where we can only sell the, the us and gas stations. Did the liquor store lobby do that or did the like religious conservative lobby do that? I wouldn't be surprised that either. Right. No, no holding period for a gun show gun purchase. So but you have to get warm beer on a Saturday. <laughs> so we haven't really talked too much. Oh, I guess we did talk a lot about laws, but imagine the blue laws of marijuana right. where... You can't buy weed on Sunday, you know, because religious reasons or whatnot. Well, I think if the red states do cave to that, I'm sure that that will be step one. There'll be, be restrictions to, yeah. to these groups. We'll do it. However, just like alcohol, we can't do it on Sunday. So do you know, can you buy beer on Amazon? So maybe they're just, maybe we have precedent here. Maybe they don't want to be in some of this stuff. Oh, I've I'm, never I'm, tried. I'm going to check right now. I've never tried. I feel like you could buy wine, though. You would but... think wine. So let me start with wine. But uh, wine is the same. Red wine. Enter. 
Yes, you can. Oh, wait. Non-alcoholic, non-alcoholic. Imported from Italy, 975. That looks legit. Let me put in Bud Light. <laughs> this is great radio, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kevin talking. <laughs> exactly. I'm talking through searching on Amazon. And it does not look like you can buy Bud Light. So maybe they have... Well. Is there maybe a similar cross-state lines commerce thing for alcohol? No, but beer of the month works. And so does the wine of the month club. So it may be jurisdiction. So you can sell to this state, that state, that state, maybe. All right. We'll, we'll, because we'll look into that. We'll let's get back to say, Let's say you started a, a bar in Indiana. You have to apply for an Indiana liquor license. They have right. to approve you. And then they may deny you based on the simple fact that you're in an area where there's other right. options. Usually the municipality has the right of way to dictate how many. Yeah, and then the other other kind of like quick way to get in is if you sell food with it. So if you're just a right. brewery, um, it, that's why a lot of them sell food too, so they can have this, you know, exemption or whatnot. So well, from state to state, that exemption is crazy too, because some you can get a beer and wine only, or you can get a liquor license, but then if you have liquor and food, you get a better treatment than if it's just. A bar only. Sounds exactly like Indiana. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I hope that answered your question. I, I think uh, if it goes full on legal and it's good, it's cleared for interstate commerce. I, I look at Amazon. You probably crush that industry. All right. So we're, we've boiled it down to an Amazon type entity really taking things over and then the possibility for delivery services related to the weed industry, app-based delivery services. Yeah, that was my thing. What'll probably happen is some front runner in the cannabis industry will get acquired, just like Whole Foods get acquired. Yep. Or Whole Foods now sells organically grown cannabis, (laughs) you know? That's the only way to go. Only with your Prime membership. Only way to go. All right, what else have we got? I got nothing. All right, well, I thought uh, kind of an interesting... uh, little episode. And the main reason I want to bring it up is now we're at 10 states plus Washington, D.C. I'm not in one of the 10 or Washington, D.C. And it's kind of interesting because from my perspective, and there's more of me's than there are of you's in Colorado. (laughs) And, you know, I just kind of wanted to learn a little bit about it while I was here because I've been in Colorado many times since 2014. This is really the only the first time that I've kind of, you know, I'm just really curious. Hey, Bob, what do you know? He's like, oh, dude, let me, let me, uh, I got you covered. Let's go on a trip. Um, so it's, it's an interesting thought. I, uh, you know, we can, we can debate the merits of, you know, what it's used for, how it's used is good. Is it bad? Not really what we're, you know, I guess we pushed a little bit of that today. Well, but. <laughs> yeah, I, me definitely. Cause I have thoughts and feelings, but you know, um, alcohol has got its own pros and cons. I mean, you're going to, you're going to have a hard pressed time having a corporate social function dry. So yep. I think there is a bit of an acknowledgement that um, some things are useful. Um, I think we're a long way off before you at a music venue or something and you go up to the bar and there's the alcohol or the cannabis like line. Yeah. I think we're a way off from that. Yeah. I think it's a hundred percent true. I just think for whatever reason, this is just different and it's, it's going to take a lot of time. So, all right. Guess we got one more piece of business, Bob, and that's, we're going to bring the super high lightning. Hey, have you ever wondered how you can get in touch with us at the Bob and Kevin show? Well, first, 
You can try us via email at comments at bobandkevinshow.com. Or are you more into social? If so, you can find us on Twitter at Bob and Kevin Show. Or on Instagram as Bob N. Kevin Show. That's Bob, the letter N, Kevin Show. And if you're still on Facebook, you can even find us at facebook.com slash Bob and Kevin Show. And for the serious business fans, you can even find us on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash company slash the dash Bob dash Kevin dash show. How's that for a handle? Let's connect. <laughs>